first, it's really important to understand your why. And it's such a simple piece of advice and things that I've heard um, so many times over the years in, in books and other podcasts, but truly understanding your why of being in a place, being in a company can completely transform how you look at it, how you operate within it, and how you make the decision to move forward from it when it no longer serves you. When you see a model, then you'll say, oh, I can do that. Okay, she did that this way. She took off, you know, one week at a time or a couple of days, right? It's like when you're in the crisis, you can't always see the different variables and possibilities that are out there. Um, and so it's really important for, for myself and for others to really share those examples loud and wide uh, so that others can get the, the confidence to and the inspiration to do what works for them, leaning on what they've heard from, from others and what, and what they're doing. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. This is your host, Blessing Adeshion, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. On this show, we interview ambitious women that are thriving in and beyond motherhood. Expect honest and real conversations that will encourage and inspire you to take actions on your dreams. Hello, thank you so much for joining me on the Mother Honestly podcast. I am your host, Kristen Hall, the COO of Mother Honestly, and we are recording live from Motor City Women's Studios in Detroit, Michigan. And I'm so pleased to have Stephanie LeBlanc Godfrey, the Global Head of Inclusion Programs for Women of Color at Google and founder of Parenting Backwards. This is one of the most esteemed guests we've had. I'm so excited, Stephanie, to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. How are you doing? Thanks, Kristen. I am doing great. So happy to be in conversation with you today. Awesome. And be so kind, if you would, and tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, how you started parenting backwards, and what your work you're doing at Google right now. Sure. So uh, how far back should I go? I guess career-wise is where we always start. So I'm an engineering major, electrical engineering, uh, and started out uh, my career uh, in that field. Had Lots of trouble finding someone who looked like me, someone who I could, you know, look to for mentorship and advice and career progression. And so that was really, really tough and isolating. And so because of that, early on, I pivoted out of my core engineering um, focus, which is actually a love of mine and really uh, deep passion. Uh, but I just couldn't find a, a path forward without seeing anyone there to kind of model what that would even look like um, for a black woman um, in, in that industry. And so I pivoted into digital media where I've spent the bulk of my career uh, for different um, media companies, NBC, Forbes, Fox News, all the, the big houses. Um, and then uh, when I started at Google about seven years ago, I went through just a change or transformation personally uh, and really started to focus on, you know, what was really important to me 
what I loved, what got me out of the bed in the morning. And I think when you have kids that are looking at you day in and day out, you really want to have a smile on your face when it comes to work and really be the model of, of what that looks like to, to love what you do. Um, and so worked really hard for the past few years on just investing and developing the skills to transition into uh, diversity and inclusion. Um, so I've been doing that for a number of years, of years now at Google. Um, focused on the retention of underrepresented groups uh, within the technology industry. Um, and to say that I found my, my sweet spot uh, is an understatement. Uh, and so uh, currently I'm focused on creating uh, inclusion programs and scaling inclusion programs for women of color. And what that means is just focusing on uh, bringing programs and support systems uh, that allow women to feel seen, heard, affirmed, valued uh, within the corporate um, corporate space. You know, they always talk about bringing in your authentic self uh, into work. And so we are very intentional about creating an environment where that can be true. Um, and so that's, that's the corporate side. And then I'm also a mom of three, wife of one. Uh, and so that piece of work has definitely, you know, just been instrumental in how I show up at work, uh, how I have work-life balance, non-balance, integration, harmony, like all those sort of uh, uh, buzzwords. And I've really leaned into being more vocal about how I, you know, how I walk and do this work uh, while also having a big family, according to many. Three is three is a lot. So um, that's that's kind of how uh, Parenting Backwards got started. Thank you for sharing. There's so many great points that I can't wait to touch on. Um, first, congratulations for the work that you're doing and what you were doing to support women of color and inclusion programs. It's always been necessarily, but I think in today's environment, it's never been more important. And so for Google, you know, it's a very forward-looking company. They're very progressive. I love what you guys are doing there. What would you recommend for women that are struggling in companies that may not be as forward-looking and as progressive to advocate for themselves to find that inclusion? You know, what do you recommend? What have you seen that works well at Google or otherwhere? And what can we recommend to our listeners that wish they might be working for such a progressive company? Yeah, I think first it's really important to understand your why. And it's such a simple piece of advice and things that I've heard um, so many times over the years in, in books and other podcasts, but truly understanding your why of being in a place, being in a company can completely transform how you look at it, how you operate within it, and how you make the decision to move forward from it when it no longer serves you, right? So there is no perfect company by any means. Um, but, you know, to Google's point, we are more progressive than others, but it's, it's not perfect, right? So understanding why I'm at a company, I love what I do. I love what Google stands for, the fact that they are innovative and, and progressive the fact that I've made my mark in a way that allows me to uh, kind of have that, that capital to, for flexibility 
So, you know, again, mom of three. And so everyone's got a practice, a show, a PTA meeting, a teacher meeting, all of these things. And so to be able to have that flexibility and for my leadership uh, to be supportive of and, and understanding of, you know, the personal things that are going on uh, without it ref uh, taking away from, from the work and the influence and the scope of work that I have uh, is truly important, right? But I think there's also another piece that that's really important and it's around just understanding all the different facets of said company, their benefits, their tuition reimbursements, you know, their work-life integration. All of those are holistically things that you have to look at in addition to team dynamic, manager support, career progression, right? And when you know your why of why you're there, whether it's to build up a certain amount of skills, whether it's for flexibility due to the life stage that you're at, um, or whether it's the name on the resume, right? Because that can also be true. Uh, when you know your why as to why you're there, then all these other little things may not bother you so much. The fact that, you know, you can't go out drinking with your coworkers may not, you know, be as harsh of a thing to, to contend with. If you know, look, I'm here to be in this role, get this experience for this amount of time so that I can build on the next thing. Uh, and so it's really important to have that goal, know that why, and even while you're in that struggle to know, okay, have I hit my goal? Yes or no. And then dependent on the climate of the company that you're in, you can more effectively make a decision as to whether you should stay or leave against the goals that you've set for yourself in terms of your why. What a great perspective and framework. I don't think that I've heard it framed in that way to really like understand the why, but you really broke it down in such a way that I think for anyone, regardless of what company industry, you know, if you're home, if you're not home, whatever you're doing in the workspace or not, um, it really is a pretty clear perspective to identify what's working for you, what's really driving and motivating you. I think a lot of the times we don't give ourselves that space to kind of explore what that why is. So I appreciate you bringing light to that. And it helps, I think, for people understanding that, you know, there may be things that work. Then to your point, if, you know, drinking with coworkers may not be as big of a thing, but there could be other reasons that make that thing. So I, I think that's an absolutely great perspective, Stephanie, that you bring to it. I want to ask for you, you know, as you, you're doing your mentoring and your learning and um, coaching within the space, what have you found that works really well with and resonates um, as you have these discussions, both, you know, professionally, career-wise? I love that you said that you walk the talk with your family. Go into that a little bit deeper for me. What drives you in these coaching discussions? Sure. So I think the important piece is around a tribe. Being isolated, being alone is like the fastest way to, to hit bottom, right? Having a tribe that you can talk to about the ins and outs, right? So I'm at Google, everyone's like, oh my goodness, you guys get free lunch. It's amazing. Why would you ever complain about working there, right? Um, and so I have my tribe of fellow moms um, at Google who like, we get it, right? Like, we know that obviously there's more more to the story than just the, the free lunch and the massages, but we get into the weeds on, uh, you know, 
projects that we're working on, um, presentations that we're having, clients that we're meeting with, and the importance of that, that level of connection and detail with a, a, one other person or a group of folks, is that in those times when you're in your head or it's perf time and you're trying to figure out what have I accomplished in the last six to 12 months, you really have a tribe that can be like, hey, Steph, remember, you know, that client meeting, remember you said that you got this feedback or, you know, remember that project you were working on? Like that was cross-functional collaboration, like helping with all of the, the words and the terms that you need, but the people that can remind you who you are when you cannot see it for yourself. Um, and so that's why it's so important to find that tribe that you can uh, be vulnerable and really transparent and detailed with. Um, so they can feed that back to you in your moments of need and really just kind of help you edit that email or push you to write that email um, that needs to happen to, to help you um, in, in your career. Um, and, and so that, that tribe model also applies um, to my personal life and with my kids, right? I'm in, in DNI, right? And a lot of this, a lot of the conversations around diversity and inclusion are focused on, you know, what do we do in the office? But the fact is, what are we doing at home <laughs> reflects then what we're doing in the office and how we're, how we're treating other people. And so that piece is really important about how I engage in conversations with my kids, the level of um, visibility that they get to see in the work that I do. They may not understand all of it. They're 10, 8, and 4. Um, and sometimes I'm talking too much and boring them, and I think it's going over their head. And then weeks later, they'll come back and, like, repeat something that I've said verbatim. And it's like, oh, wow, okay, you are listening, right? And so I hold on to that piece. And so even in these moments that we're in, this time that we're in, where we're trying to have these, you know, honest, open and complex conversations with our kids and it feels really tough and, and we don't know how well it's going over, keep having those conversations. They're taking pieces in for sure, processing it in their own way, and you will absolutely see that come out um, in conversation or in action as you're engaging with them um, at other times. I think that's a great overview and you know, they say break it down into sizable chunks and to your point, you know, they may not get the entire message, but they're going to get a lot of it. And I think that's all we can keep doing is continue to have these discussions and continue to, you know, have the tough conversations. I think a lot of times, and we see it in the workforce right now, people shy away from having difficult conversations because it's uncomfortable. And so it starts with, you know, having uncomfortable conversations with our children, but then we get where we're surrounded by adults in a workforce and it's still the same difficult conversations. I like, I like how you frame that and I like about the tribe both at home and at the workforce. I think that's a great point. And one thing we've gotten a lot from our listeners in recent weeks kind of due to the pandemic and that we're seeing a lot of women um, and working parents, both men and women, look to step away from the workforce or while trying to find solutions where they can remain in the workforce. Um, where childcare is kind of outweighing the ability to work. From where you sit with the mentoring, the retention, and the inclusion kind of side of the house in Google, as well as, you know, within your network, what are you seeing in those conversations, and what are you guys kind of encouraging or helping support people in that way? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, one of the uh, just amazing things that I'm working on at Google is uh, a work stream that is dedicated to identifying uh, gaps within the current policies, programs, and processes of our benefits um, for our parents and caregivers. So those that are, are caring for um, those over the age of 18. And, you know, it, it, it's a dream come true for me personally to be able to work in service of women and in service of parents, right? Like it's the, the perfect combination. And so I've been head in over my head um, in terms of just trying to understand what our internally, what our landscape is of, of programs, policies and processes um, for parents, what the gaps are, and then what we can bring to, to support, you know, I'm in a, you know, two parent working household. And so navigating this time has been challenging to say the least. I luckily am able to work from home, but my husband does have to go into the office each day. So it's me and three um, for the last six or so months. And then kind of figuring out with his schedule, which days he'll take off which hours I'll scale back to either work East Coast or West Coast time. Um, and then now that things are opening up a little to have the conversation around bringing in um, support by way of, um, of a babysitter. But I think the one of the biggest challenges people are having, particularly women, um, no, I'll take that back. One of the challenges that parents overall are having is what will be the impact of taking the time off to kind of figure out this home situation when one, we don't see any end in sight and two, what will that do to my career? What will that do to the next big project that comes out and I'm out of the office? Three, I actually like my job and don't want to take the time off. I just need someone to take care of my kids, right? So like there's all of those things in play um, when it comes to decision making for the household and then figuring out what to do with with your career. Um, and a lot of tech companies, including Google, have, you know, instituted carers leave, a um, number of weeks that you can take off. Um, but deciding the, the when, the who's going to, uh, you know, take on my work, I don't want to put more work on, on, on my colleagues, like all of these, it's just so incredibly um, complex. Um, and so what I, what I did personally, and I share this often with, with my network, especially internally, uh, to give people permission to take the time off. So currently I am off for the entire month of September. I go back next month to really focus in on, I've got three children, three different age groups. What will that schedule look like so that I can understand how to serve them and then come back and layer in my, my, my work schedule? Uh, because I know how difficult it is for them on a bright and sunny day when I'm working from home in their home and they're like, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? <laughs> and so I didn't want to add that level of not being present uh, when they are navigating terrain unlike we've ever seen during this time. So I was able to do that. I think it's important for me to, to share that with other women because when you 
again, going back to early in my career, when you see a model, then you'll say, oh, I can do that. Oh, okay, she did that this way. She took off, you know, one week at a time or a couple of days, right? It's like when you're in the crisis, you can't always see the different variables and possibilities that are out there. Um, and so it's really important for, for myself and for others to really share those examples loud and wide uh, so that others can get the, the confidence to and the inspiration to do what works for them, leaning on what they've heard from, from others and what, and what they're doing. Thank you for sharing that because I do think seeing women, men, people take the lead opportunities. It's the same thing I think initially a little bit where it used to be such a taboo subject for men to take paternity leave, but now we're beginning to see both at big corporations and smaller corporations where it was a badge of honor that men, you know, I went back to work, you know, right after my son was born. Hey, cool. Awesome. That's terrible. Um, but now we're seeing people willing to take you know, four weeks or eight weeks or take unpaid leave, even if it's not offered for their company as a spouse or a partner. I think this is kind of in that same vein. And I appreciate you saying that you're taking the opportunity a to because it's needed within your own personal space and to show others that it's going to be okay if you follow suit, if you do that. And I think, you know, to your point, you mentioned we can't see sometimes over, you know, the lay at the end of the tunnel, what's going to play out when we're in a crisis. But I think for people, you know, these are very difficult decisions to make in their household, but they, you know, if, if it's something you need to consider, you need to do, and it's available in your company, absolutely consider you know, and we always say everything sometimes happens for a reason or that to trust the journey. It goes back to what you mentioned on your why. Why, you know, are you working for that company or that? And, you know, your why now might change from your why a, a few years ago or that. And it may, to your point, you also touched on it, could be the opportunity to be when you exit the company. So I think you hit on a lot of really great points. One of the things I always want to ask, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how are you doing and how are you kind of managing through this new situation with parenting backwards, you know, your corporate job, being a mother of three, those are a lot of really, you know, big arenas that you're playing in right now. Yeah. So let me talk a little bit about uh, parenting backwards. So I, uh, out of my, my mom group, uh, my kids are, are older. My first two kids are, are older than the majority of the kids in my group. Um, of friends. And so they always look to me for, okay, what should I do? The doctor said, baby's not weighing enough, or what kind of stroller should I get? Or, I mean, I am just full of random knowledge around parenting, strollers, doctor stuff, like all of it, right? And, and I really enjoy that and then sharing information and like walking people back from the ledge, right? I mean, cause all of this is, is really just anxiety can be really anxiety um, increasing. And so I'm always that like whisper of like, it's okay. As long as the baby is eating, it's okay. <laughs> you know, like just little piece of advice like that. That's not like you should do this or no, like, so I think my approach to parenting um, is something that a lot of my friends really um, found helpful. And so they would 
connect me with other parents to talk to them. And then it's, it's kind of grown. And so they, they, I, again, have to credit my tribe pushing me of like, Steph, like, do this. This is totally where you should be, what you should be doing. And so I've started this community called Parenting Backwards, and it's, it's set off of, of three pillars. One is around uh, the you that is around your parents, that is around your kids, sorry. So it's the you, the parents, it's the grandparents, it's the babysitter, you know, the nanny, whoever. Um, that are around your kids, how are they showing up? How do they talk? What is, what's their disposition? All of that is what your kids are feeding on, whether you think they are or not, right? So it's really important to do that self-assessment of how you and the people around you are, are showing up around your kids um, because they're taking all of that in. Uh, the second pillar is around taking them on the journey with you. So, you know, as a working woman, career woman, you know, I go to the conferences, read the self-help books, all of these things. And I'm, so I'm learning new things. And my mind is always like, okay, how can I take what I just learned and teach that to my kids? Uh, and so that's the, the, the second piece. How can you take these life lessons that you're currently learning at 20, 30, 40 something and have your kids learn it at 10? 15, right? Early on, early and often. Um, and so that's Absolutely. The around like, you know, working with you to kind of figure out how you can translate these lessons um, uh, to, to your kids. Um, and the third is assessing, like, again, going back to your why, your why in terms of your parenting style. Why do you say no for certain things? Why do you say yes? Why do certain things trigger you when they ask you something 50 million times or they give you feedback that you were not asking for, but they were more than happy to just kind of uh, free flow it? Um, and so again, it's, it's focusing on then that self-assessment of like, what are your triggers? What are things that, that you're bringing from your past and your upbringing that you want to continue and can really lean into? And what are some things that you just need to nip in the bud and ensure that it doesn't um, pass on to, to another uh, generation? And so with pillars, uh, I'm really focused on just having these conversations with parents. I think we talk about all the things when it comes to our career, but we need that level of investment uh, in our parenting style. We need those conversations outside of just like complaining or talking through one particular thing uh, with, our, with our other parent friends, but to really go deep on the why and the how of your parenting so that you can show up better. And it's not always this um, stress-ridden and just kind of like, oh, it's too much. Those to, to help alleviate uh, a lot of those, those feelings that are totally normal, by the way. Um, but there are ways that we can address that so that we can really enjoy the, the journey of parenting and not kind of rush through it to get to, you know, whatever outcome or, or vision that you have for, for your children, but really having them um, have a say have a say in what the journey is. It's such a great perspective. And I enjoyed how you broke down the three different pillars because I think for all of our listeners, you know, all of those should resonate, but definitely one um, 
one or more might stick out. And I think that's a great way for people to kind of reflect on, you know, and I can, just as you were giving that imagery of, you know, how your friends, you were the one in the background, I could see you with the megaphone, you know, walking people down off the edge of, we've all been there where we're like, we can't do this, the kids are going to die, this is horrible. Um, So I like that your, your tribe encourage you to be the one to kind of move forward with parenting backwards. Where do you hope to take parenting backwards in the next coming months or years as you're growing on this journey? Sure. So I want a, a parenting session in every professional conference that's that's put out there, right? We can't continue to ignore um, a segment of our lives that have a huge impact on, on our career. We have to integrate it into these conversations. We need a space for it, a space to learn, a space to vent, um, a space to be inspired um, so that we, when we leave said conference, right, like we're holistically filled and poured into. And so that's really one, one of my, my big goals. Um, and to normalize these types of parenting conversations, even amongst friends. Um, so really working with uh, different moms groups, different uh, parent uh, employee resource groups and organizations. Uh, and going deep on creating these small, intimate uh, groups for these types of conversations um, to be had in a, in a really psychologically uh, safe way. I think that's great. And it's something all companies need to consider right now to your, your spot on in conferences that we just pretend like parenting doesn't happen. We just right. ignore it and hope for the best. And I think that's kind of now as we've seen it really play out in the pandemic, like that has not served us well. Stephanie, thank you so, so much for being a guest on the podcast. Podcast, You're a wealth of information and knowledge. I know I took a lot away from the episodes and I hope our listeners do as well. How can people continue to follow you and what you're up to and continue to engage with you going forward? Sure. So I have a website. It is uh, com. Um, and it's the same for my Instagram as well. And then uh, for Parenting Backwards, it's Parenting Backwards, all one word and spelled correctly, uh, at, uh, for Instagram. And so, yeah, please reach out and would love to kind of continue the conversation. Absolutely. We'll make sure to share all of the websites and handles with our listeners. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I wish you nothing but the best in the coming weeks. Stay safe, stay well. And I look forward to seeing more of what you're doing uh, to help move these important topics ahead. Thanks so much, Kristen. Bye. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into the Mother Honestly podcast. If you want more relevant content for the ambitious mom, head on over to motherhonestly.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mother Honestly. Love our podcast. We want to hear from you please rate and review our podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We love growing at Mother Honestly and your reviews help us grow. Stay safe, stay well, and always stay ambitious.